Thank you for light that breaks forth. Jesus is unveiled and we are forever changed. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. What a time we've been having unveiling the conversation about the kingdom. We've talked about the kingdom. We've talked about the kingdom of God. And we've talked about the kingdom of heaven. If this is the first installment in this series you are joining us for, we want to welcome you specially. Please hang in tight. You are going to be blessed. And afterwards, make plans to revisit the previous installments. You will be blessed. Our anchor scripture under the conversation of the kingdom, Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 it says and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our lord and of his christ and he shall reign forever and ever glory to god wow what a word so in the first part, I'm going to try not to do an extensive recap, all right? In the first part, we began to lay the bricks about the conversation of the nature of the kingdom of God. We had introduction to the kingdom in part one. We talked about the kingdom, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. We said this kingdom is eternal in nature. We talked about the agenda of every serious kingdom. Every serious kingdom has one mandate. It is to extend, to expand, and then to establish. To extend and to establish. And we talked about the tools that we make that agenda possible. We talked about communication, language. We talked about land, which by essence ensures the definition of a kingdom or some territorial unit. And then we talked about technology as a key tool for the expansion and the establishment of any kingdom. Hmm. We went further to talk about seeing the kingdom, this new supernatural realm, this invitation to a royal existence, seeing it by the experience of being born again, that miracles are normal here. The supernatural is natural to us here. The extraordinary is ordinary to us here. That really, this is the realm. This is the realm of glory. Glory to God. We said you see it by the experience of being born again. But beyond seeing is an invitation to enter in. And that takes place by the ministry of the word in washing. For a mind renewal administered by the ministry of the spirit. These are some of the things you will pick from the previous previous teachings glory to god last week we talked about papa abraham and his connection to the kingdom we saw that god's idea for his kingdom is a royal family not of peasants not of visitors not of refugees not of 
landed immigrants, not even of permanent residents, not even of citizens. Boy, what a privilege that you and I have been invited and immediately by adoption we become members with the full rights and privileges of the royal family. So we saw last week that this family is called out, an ecclesia, called out with legislative responsibilities. Mm. And that this family is instructed. We also saw the king-priest duality. God himself saying about Abraham to Abimelech, he is a prophet. And Abraham showing up in battle, a battle of kings, and the one without the title shows up and lives with the victory. And we said last week that faith is the technology for advancing the kingdom. Hebrews eleven thirty three. Who through faith subdued kingdoms? Glory to God. Ah, boy, we are going to be blessed. Please, without light, this evening will be very somehow. We need light. Can you take a minute? And say, Father, speak to me. Show me light from your word. Speak to me. Show me light from your word. I know I'm hearing the voice of your servant, but I want that voice to be the voice of God in my spirit. Speak to me. I receive illumination like never before. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. We said that the objective of Matthew's account, Matthew's gospel, Matthew's details on the perspective of the life of Jesus Christ was to present him to us as the king, the Messiah. So he begins in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, the very first thought. He says this book is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. It says, if I started by telling you he's king, you may, you, may, you, may, you may fuzzle a bit. So, let's trace him to David, the one you know and respect as king. Let's trace him to Abraham, the one you know and respect as father. And see that the plan wasn't Abraham. The plan wasn't David. The plan is God revealed in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, making us a part of his royal family. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. We've dissected the life of Abraham to extract kingdom lessons. And today we begin to unveil the life of David. I've titled this evening, The Mysteries of Zion. We want to rush this David part. So many kingdom implications from the life of David. But we start with the mysteries of Zion. Somebody say, the mysteries of Zion. Yeah, you can say it out loud. Let's try it one more time. The mysteries of Zion. Mm. Psalms chapter 48. Psalms chapter 48. I read from verse 1. Psalms, please, you want to note these scriptures. You want to trust the Holy Spirit for revelation, breaking forth. Psalms chapter 48, from verse 1, all the way down I will stop at verse 8. It says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, 
it begins to give you an idea of the king having a choice location. He calls it the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness. Hmm. Please follow this evening. It says in verse 2, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north. Boy, oh boy. God willing, another day we have the time to talk about the north. The city of the great king. It says in verse 3, God is known in our palaces for a refuge. It says for law, so that you begin to picture the kingdom tussle here. Remember the final score, Revelation 11 verse 15, the final announcement, the final trump. The, it's, it's a proclamation that at the end, the final score is that the kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever. Hmm. It says in verse 4, it says, Follow the kings were assembled. They passed by together. It says, They saw it and so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. It says, Fear took hold upon them and pain as a woman in travail. It says, Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts. In the city of our God, God will establish it forever. Zion, beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. Glory to God. Wow, the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Someone is watching and saying, what's the connection? David, Abraham, Jesus David, Abraham, Jesus. Well, um, some of us are familiar with something called inter-house spots. I believe our educational systems have um, correlates of that for various sporting events in the commonwealth <laughs> that I was raised. You would have different colors. You know, there's blue house, there's green house, there's yellow house. Someone is saying, PD, you're bringing some funny memories. You know, some of you right now, you are remembering your glory days when you thought you were going to be an Olympian and you represent your country in the track and field. Some of you were excellent with, with um, long distance, cross country and, and marathons. Some, it was eye jump. Some of you played basketball, you know. I'm, I, I just took you back in time now for you to remember that boy, you know, I got game once upon a time. Glory to God. But there's an interesting event. It's, 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 the, it's called a relay. You go so far and then you hand over. And the collective destiny is as important as everyone. Some will say, do we put our fastest at the first track? Or do we put our fastest at the last? Or in between, what do we do? Well, the scripture I'm about to read now to us is a relay from Abraham. He threw it up. Boom. Nobody caught it. But it didn't fall to the ground. Glory to God. It didn't fall to the ground. David picked it up. So he's saying, Abraham threw batting. David picked it. So let's go to God's word. Boy, God's word is, is amazing. It is complete. 
Genesis chapter 49, Genesis chapter 49, Genesis, pardon me, Genesis chapter 14, 1, 4. Genesis chapter 14, let's read from verse 18. We read Genesis 14 last week. How kings gathered against kings and somehow Sodom and Gomorrah were involved in the Higiaga. All right, in that crinkum crankum. <laughs> they, they were involved and, and Lot was taken and Abraham, the, the true king, roused himself. Now on his way back, in verse 17, he tells us that the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, out of appreciation, came to Abraham. And they were about to have a conversation with him. And verse 18 to verse 20 is like an interjection. And in verse 21, the conversation continues. Thank you, Abraham. We call ourselves kings. We have armies. We have missiles. We have territories. But you won. <laughs> Glory to God. It was you that won. Who is the real king now? They said, we've, we've just come to say thank you. Abraham said, no, hold up. If the men ate anything, I want to return it fine, but I will not collect nada from you. That's not even the conversation. Let's go to verse 18 and verse 20, and let's see Papa Abi throwing the button up that David would later pick, the mysteries of Zion. Genesis chapter 14 and verse 18, and Melchizedek, hmm, the king of Salem, he brought forth bread and wine and he was priest of the most high God. Someone is hearing this now and saying, I need to go back and listen to Understanding Priesthood, part one, Understanding Priesthood, part two. In verse 19, and he, Melchizedek, blessed him and said, blessed be Abram, Abram of the most high God. Hmm. blessed be Jehovah El Elyon this is the verse for it most high God most high he's saying highest of the highest hmm. the one who gave you the audacity to go fight with kings with men trained in your house 318 of them in slippery slopes and to come back with victory you are connected to the highest and I don't wonder the sound of my voice has bought a lie that there is a kingdom faster. There is a kingdom with more sure results. It is not sure. This you are in the camp of the Most High. Blessed be him. Blessed be Abram of the Most High God. Possessor of heaven and earth. Melchizedek chips in the agenda of the kingdom. Expansion. And he just, he just inserted it there. Verse 20, and blessed be the most high God, El Elyon, which has delivered thine enemies into thine hand. Before there was law. Remember, Christ came in the order of Melchizedek. The Bible tells us Abraham, without compulsion, gave a tithe of all to Melchizedek. This is the revelation behind tithing in the new covenant. And that's not even what we are talking about. We are talking about this king of Salem that met this king, prophet Abraham. And how exactly does this concern David? Well, this king is called the king of Salem. Bible historians tell us that there are things that look like a great palace. In fact, Melchizedek remains a biblical wonder. It sounds like a theophany. 
in the book of Psalms, it tells us he had neither father, neither mother, neither beginning nor end. His name is literally king of righteousness. He brought bread and wine. That looks like a communion to me. And he received that. He received it. This ain't a normal person. He had a kingdom in Salem. Salem. Someone is connecting the dots. Jerusalem. But this was Abraham, a sojourner. Remember? A sojourner. Meeting the, the initial king of this territorial unit, Salem. Having a covenant exchange. He received communion. He gave the tithe. And the baton was thrown up. So how exactly does this concern David? Well, some have attempted to tell us this Salem is just one of the regions of Ephraim. It's not the same Jerusalem. So before we rewrite scripture, Judges chapter 19. Judges chapter 19. Judges chapter 19. I want to read from verse 10. It's a story. In fact, the book of Judges is an interesting book. Over and over and over and over, it was a cycle of oppression, crying to God, deliverance, rebelling against God's kingdom, going back into oppression. It says there was no king. Does that remind you of what we learned last week? There was no king. Judges chapter 19, I really want to read verse 10, but please permit me to read verse 1 and then I'll go to verse 10. Just to set the stage for what is going on here. It says, and it came to pass in those days that there was no king in Israel. There was no king. There was no consciousness of the kingdom. It says that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim who took to him a concubine out of Bethlehem Judah if you read that in the Hebrew it will read it took a wife concubine or a concubine wife <laughs> depending on you know the Hebrew language is interesting let's hold that thought and go to verse 10 it says but the man will not so what happened with this man his wife verse 2 tells us she played the oar and she went away or was sent away Whichever case, went to her father's house. And somehow, this Levite said, I want my wife back. So, let's jump to verse 10. But the man would not tarry that night. He rose up and departed and came over against Jebus. Somebody say, Jebus. What's the next word in your Bible? Which is Jerusalem. Mm. And there were with him two asses, saddled, his concubine also was with him. So something happened to the dynasty of Melchizedek. Suddenly, it is no longer known as Salem. There are these people there, and they are the Jebusites. Everywhere the prophecy of a promised land was given, it will start Hittites, Amorites, Odeites, Canaanites, and the very last one is always Jebusites. <laughs> there are no coincidences in scripture. 
this Jebus matter, Joshua led the people into the land. They took possession of most of the land. There was a stronghold that was intact until David. The baton was still hanging. It says, who will go and secure Jebus? Once upon a time, it was Salem. Glory to God. Once upon a time, it had a king. Melchizedek, the one who had no beginning, no end. The one who was able to pronounce the blessings of El Elyon. The one who met Abi and pronounced the blessing on him. The one who received the tithe. Somehow, Jerusalem is reckoned the city of strangers. <laughs> Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Verse 11, Judges chapter 19. And when they were by Jebus, the day was far spent, saying that it was dark. And the servant said unto his master, Come, I pray thee, let us turn into the city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. He said, let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go stay there. Verse 12. And his master said unto him, We will not turn aside either into the city of a stranger into the city of a stranger something had happened to salem something had corrupted salem so much the jebusites are taking possession of the land so much the kingdoms of the world had advanced so much that jebus was now considered a city of strangers he said we won't go there he says it is not of the children of israel he says we will pass over to gibeah gibeah Guys, God's word is complete. Gibeah, we will skip Jerusalem. We will go to Gibeah. Does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? Gibeah? Hmm. So, verse 13. And he said unto his servant, Come, let us draw near to one of these places to lodge all night. He says now, instead of Gibeah, let's add one more option. <laughs> Guys, we can't make this thing up. This is God's word. It says, let's go to Gibeah or let's go to Ramah. Let's keep, let's keep Salem. Let's go to Gibeah or let's go to Ramah. Remember, there was no king. There was no king. <laughs> this will begin to, I believe for someone, light is already done in. Someone is saying, PD, what happened at Gibeah? What happened at Ramah? Normally, normally, I would have given you as an assignment. But because we are unveiling the full mystery of Zion this evening by the leading of God's spirit I'll give you the verse first Samuel chapter 15 verse 34 immediately someone had Gibeah the person that came to your mind was Saul immediately somebody had Ramah what came to your mind was Samuel they are saying that when there is an absence of a kingdom mentality you will always keep Jerusalem you will always keep Zion you will have the option of Ramah you will have the option of Gibeah and the choice in the absence of the kingdom is always Gibeah. Hmm. So the baton was up there. And rather than the sons of inheritance, those who have been invited into a kingdom to take possession, they just left it. And it was under invasion of strangers. Of strangers. So we're introduced to the concept of Zion. 
please open your heart this evening to receive the light of God's word. At some point in this teaching, I will give us the definition of Zion. So that the next time you are reading scripture and you see Zion, you will really know who you are reading about. What you are reading about, but more accurately, who you are reading about. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18 tells us about a, a button exchange that made Zion possible. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18. Remember, this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. The king of Salem, Melchizedek, encounters this man and releases the blessings of El Elyon. Somehow the land is taken over by these Jebusites and God's children, even though having possessed the land, never secured Jebus. They had Gibeah, they didn't secure Jebus. They sought direction from Ramah, but there was no king there. So Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18 tells us that you have not come onto the mount that can be touched and that can be burned with fire, not unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. Which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. He's saying that's the old way. That's the old dispensation. That was the preparation for the real kingdom. He says for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. It says so terrible, verse 21, Hebrews 12, so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quick. Hmm. Verse 22, glory to God. Glory to God. It says, but you are come unto Mount Zion. You've come to the city of the living God. <laughs> Glory to God. You've come to the city of the living God. You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. For a while, the Jebus have taken over. It says, but this is the city of God. And that is where David comes in and the kingdom. It says, you've come to an innumerable company of angels. This is really the life of the supernatural. This is the kingdom life possible now. There is no quaking. There is no fear here. There is no tempest here. This is Zion. Since you've come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge, the ruling king of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Such a concentrated, dense scripture verse 24 and to jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling this blood speaks better things than the blood of abel glory to god i said glory to god you know i used to say and believe that zion is the prophetic code for the New Testament church. And that is correct, but it is not complete. Let me tell you why you must take Zion seriously. Why you must take Zion seriously. 
why I must take Zion seriously. How we can't really have a conversation about kingdom living and dominion, living a life of dominion, living a life where miracles are normal, living a supernatural, where the supernatural is natural, where the extraordinary is ordinary, where our technology is faith and we're able to subdue kingdoms. We can't have that conversation without talking about Zion. And the, the, the prophetic character that unlocks that mystery to us is David. Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2 and verse 32. I want to show you some, just a few. This is an exercise that you might want to continue yourself and I can promise you, you will have lots of fun doing it. You will see lots of light. Joel chapter 2 and verse 32. It says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. It says, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. As the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Hmm. It sounds just like Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. And there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Zion is that place. The city of our God. It's, it's, it's the existence where the kingdom finds maximum space. Psalms chapter 84 and verse 7. Just in case you are not convinced yet. It says they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion. Boy. It says the path of the just, the path of the righteous is like a shining light. It gets brighter and brighter. And I know you know someone, I know someone who claims to be a believer and there's nothing brighter and brighter about their steps. Could it be that they have not unlocked the mystery of Zion? For if it is Zion, we must by covenant go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appearing before God. Not streaming Zion. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Just wanted to sub those planning to do. Let God arise virtual. As they appear. As they are come. As they come. Don't forsake the gathering. They go from strength to strength. There's deliverance there. There's repossessing. Complete restoration. It happens in Zion. Now, there's this, there's this supernatural ability, you know, glory to God for the recently concluded women's conference, KICC Women Recharge. And it just dawned on me that really, unlike our batteries and unlike our devices, there's no point where the believer has capped. There's no point where your device, in quote, says battery full. It's light to light, depth to depth, revelation to revelation, accomplishments to accomplishments, progress to progress, strength to strength, victory to victory. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice that will be your reality, that will be your testimony. In the name of Jesus, the same book of Psalms tell us, Psalms 87 verse 2. It says, the Lord, this is our king. He loves the gates of Zion more than the dwellings of Jacob. That is a deep scripture. We will not talk, 
touch today. But let's just see, the king loves the gates of Zion. This mysterious location is even physical. <clears throat> this mysterious location, it says God loves it more than the dwellings of Jacob. It says in verse 3, glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Selah, pause and think. I will make mention of Rehab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia. It says this man was born there. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in our. John chapter 3. And the highest himself shall establish her. The ones born in Zion will be established in Zion by the ministry of the word, by the ministry of the spirit, unveiling the mystery of Zion. Isaiah chapter 33. One more for that. Doubting Thomas. Honor the sound of my voice. That Zion. I want you to remember this. You might want to write it down. Zion is worth contending for. Judges 19 shows us that there is a kind of deliverance that takes place in Gibeah. There is a kind of deliverance that takes place in Ramah. But true and real deliverance, glory to God, is deliverance that takes place in Zion. Hmm. Many have arguments. Arguments. If you are a believer in Christ, Jesus is in you. Is there any spirit in you? Do you need deliverance? What's the biblical answer to that? There is a, there is a deliverance, Gibeah style. There is a deliverance, Ramah style. And there is deliverance in Zion. Not only does deliverance take place in Zion, deliverance come out of Zion. Glory to God. Boy, you can't make this is God's word. Isaiah, one more scripture. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 24 is really what I want to read about. Verse 24. But I want to show you that it is talking about Zion. Because verse 20 says, look upon Zion. So the thought there is about Zion. But what I want to read is verse 24. It says, and the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. Eh? It says, the people that dwell therein shall be forgiven of their iniquity. They are righteous. Glory to God. They know the righteous force. It says, and they don't fall sick in Zion. This is the one that just got someone's attention. All those deliverance, strength to strength, the Lord loves. They don't fall sick in Zion. You can't make this up. There is no explanation in Zion. Only results. Only miracles. For no one does these things except God be with them. God, Jesus is saying this. What do you mean God be with them? He says God is in our midst. Glory to God. God is in our midst. This is Zion. So how does this concern David? First Chronicles chapter 11. First Chronicles chapter 11. We know the many anointings of David in a future teaching as we continue to learn from the story of David and the kingdom. We'll talk about the anointings. Or maybe to be a separate, separate one altogether because it's, it's deep. Some say David was anointed three times. Some say he was anointed four that the first anointing that spotted him was the anointing of God upon his life. No oil poured. But if we want to count oil, we'll count three times when Ramah came to the house of Jesse. 
to anoint the real king, having anointed Gibeah before, and he discovered that really Salem, Zion, is where the kingdom is. Glory to God. Wow, I love God's word. I don't know if you can tell. I don't know if I'm bottling it well. It's not even butterflies inside me now. Fire. I love God's word. None will be sick in Zion. So there was the first oil pouring in the house of his father, Jesse, and he went back to his wilderness to continue shepherd work. The oil was already working. There was a need in the palace when Gibeah was still the one on the throne. The second oil was when he was king over Judah. And then the third oil, when he was king over all Israel. First Chronicles chapter 11 from verse 1. First Chronicles 11 from verse 1. Then all Israel gathered themselves to David, to David unto Hebron, saying, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. And moreover, in time past, even when Gibeah was king, when Saul was king, he said it was Zion giving us results. Glory to God. He says, And the Lord thy God said unto thee, You will feed my people Israel, and you shall be ruler over my people Israel. He says, Therefore came all the elders of Israel to the king, to Hebron and made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. As the oil came upon David, this oil over Israel, the batting in the realm of the spirit that Abraham in that communion with Melchizedek had thrown up, something just stirred up in the hearts of David. He said, boy, what is the ark of God's covenant doing in Shiloh? What am I doing in Hebron? When Zion is yet unpossessed, David said, the first agenda of my government is securing Zion. Glory to God. The first agenda of my government, of this kingdom, is securing Zion. Verse 4. And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is Jebus. Where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land, the kings of this world, and they made a boast. Listen to what they said in verse 5. And the inhabitants of Jebus, the kingdoms of this world, they made a boast and said, you shall not come here. You can't, you can't take possession of this place. It says, nevertheless, glory to God. Somebody say, nevertheless. Somebody say, nevertheless. There is an announcement. There is a trumping. There is a proclamation that the kingdoms of this world, they have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. You and I, as, as, as players of the royal, royal family, reigning as kings with him, they boasted. He said, you can't come here. You can't take this place. He says, nevertheless, David took the castle. The words there really means fortress of Zion. And he renamed it the city of David. This is Zion. This is Salem. This is Jerusalem. This is the hill of God. This is the city of the great king. This is the place that is beautiful for all situation. This is the joy of the whole earth. 
This is where Melchizedek once established a kingdom. He received tithes. He gave the blessings of El, Elion. But what happened in time that Jebus is here? What happened that I don't have my joy? I'm, I'm supposed to be in Zion and I'm sick. I'm weak, oppressed. He says, boy, not only does deliverance here, deliverers come out of here. They go from strength to strength to strength. Each one appearing in Zion before him. He says, God is seated there. He's established there. The ones that are born there. <laughs> you can see everything tying up. So verse 6, David said, Whoever we smite these Jebusites shall be the first, shall be chief. Sorry, let me read verse 6 again. And David said, Whoever smites the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, went first up and was chief. And David dwelt in the fortress. Therefore, they called it the city of David. And he built the city round about. He secured Zion on the hill. He relocated the Ark of Covenant, brought it there, called it the Tabernacle of David. And he says, I know what the king wants. <laughs> Glory to God. I know the obsession of the king. I know what this king wants. He says, and Joab repaired the rest of the city. So when he's saying, PD, if Zion is not the prophetic code for the church, then what is Zion? Let me give you the definition the Spirit of God gave me. Very scriptural. Please, the moment you hear the Spirit of God told me, the Spirit of God gave me, let an antenna come up. And if it is not scriptural, throw it fast. In fact, the Holy Spirit, the real Holy Spirit will help you to throw it faster. All right? But listen to this by the Spirit. What is Zion? Who is Zion? Where is Zion? You might want to write this down. Zion is that prophetic church drenched in the worship of the Lamb, our King, reveling in the victory of redemption as a stronghold with the King of glory enthroned and magnified in the beauty of holiness. Someone said, PD, can you say that again? Well, it's on YouTube. You can slow it down. You can rewind. This teaching, trust me, don't think you've heard it. Sincerely, you've not heard it. Me too. Me, even me. I've not heard it. I'm going, this particular one, I'm going to go back and listen. And listen. And listen. Someone said, I'm not the one teaching. I'm not the one teaching. Don't be, don't be surprised. If I convince myself that I'm the one teaching, I can't go from strength to strength. It means I don't even know Zion. Zion is that prophetic church. Not, not just that it is called church. <clears throat> not just that it is registered with the charities directorate. It says, remember, you have come to Mount Zion. <laughs> it's drenched in the worship of the Lamb, our King. Reveling in the victory of redemption. That Jebus has been defeated. The kings of the world have been defeated. And is secured as a stronghold. Circumstances don't determine events in Zion. The news doesn't determine events. Zion is a fortress. It is a stronghold. The king of glory enthroned and magnified in the beauty of holiness. I believe very strongly the challenge or the biggest challenge of my generation with Zion is not the worship part. It's the holiness part. 
That's conversation for another day. We don't know it is a fortress. We want to go out of town. <laughs> we want to go outside the gates. But we want to experience the benefits of Zion. So many are sick, not in Zion. Many are weak, never in Zion. Many are oppressed, never in Zion. Hmm. So this kingdom respected David as the ultimate. And God said, yes, this is my choice. Now we can start talking about fulfilling the prophecy of Genesis chapter 3. The seed, the coming Messiah, the true king. And in the prophecy in Luke chapter 1 verse 31, as we begin to round up, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Yehoshua. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. Is it, is it connecting now? The son of the most high, El Elyon. Blessed be Abraham of the most high God. Possessor of heaven and earth. It's an expansion. It's an establishment agenda. Finally, finding fulfillment in Jesus the Christ. And the Lord shall give him unto him the throne of his father, David. He says, he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Boy, oh boy. Jesus is the true king. Jesus is the real king. And he's invited you and I, not just to see, but to enter in, to live this really supernatural life. But you and I must contend for Zion. Let's tie off the thoughts communicated this evening, trusting that the Spirit of God will brood over this word in your hearts and will convince you that Zion is worth contending for. Don't sit in Hebron. Don't coast in Gibeah and say we are fine. Don't even have a dependence on Rama to say we know one who sees clearly. The goal is Zion. The goal is Zion. I said the goal is Zion. Glory to God. Four lessons from Zion as we wrap up this evening. Four key lessons from Zion. You've probably seen them. I just felt it was important for me to help us extract these four key lessons. Remember, our real conversation is about the kingdom of God. This supernatural realm of glory that we can reproduce here on earth. Once we understand the mystery of Zion and the role of the ministry of the word and the spirit. Number one lesson for Zion, from Zion, if you are writing, four, four lessons and we'll wrap up. Four lessons from Zion. Number one, if you don't take your place in the kingdom, Salem will remain as Jebus, as strangers will dwell there. Every inheritance that has your name. Let me tell you, God's word is true. That we don't have a sizable, sizable what in statistics they call um, statistically significant number of people living the kingdom life. It doesn't reinvent the fact that God's word is false. I'm telling you, no one is sick in Zion. 
believe it. And if indeed you will believe it, say, this Zion you are talking about, I want to be there. You come and you come and stay there and dwell there and see if sickness can stay. He said there will be deliverance. They will possess everything that is theirs. You stay there and see. It says deliverers out of Zion will come. That the law of God will go forth of Zion. Boy, isn't that a, a, a confirmation of Ecclesia? The law will go forth out of Zion. Seriously, if you can make out time and all you just want to do is study Zion. Look for a good concordance, a good Bible, app, search Zion and begin to see it. The prophetic church, not every church, but the prophetic church, the prophetic church that revels in the victory of redemption, that the Lamb of God is not now that he will save, he has saved. The moment that reality begins to dawn, and you find that the fortress is secured. You now, Jebus, get out. You take hold. You secure. Let's just, let's stick to the, let's stick to it <laughs> because of our time. If you don't take your place in the kingdom, Salem, a place where nothing missing, nothing broken, this place of strength, of prosperity, where miracles are natural here. It's not as if God be with God dwells here. It will remain as Jebus, strangers, will be there. Number two lesson. There is Gibeah reality. There is Rama reality. But God's choice location for you is Zion. If you joined us late, that might not make sense to you. There is, okay, let's, let's make it. There is the order of Saul. There is the order of the great seer, Samuel. And there is the order of David. Of Zion. Jesus never called himself the son of Saul. Jesus never called himself the son of Samuel. He reckoned himself son of David. Son is saying, What is Saul? By God's grace, we have time to unveil the choice of the flesh. The, the, <laughs> the imposter kingdom. What is Samuel? Rama. We will unveil the ministry of the prophetic. How it was not designed to be outside the kingdom, but to be part of the kingdom. Look at David. Look at all the prophecies he documented. He had eyes that saw. God's choice location for you is Zion. Number three lesson. You must contend for Zion. Don't sit in Hebron. Don't say the oil of God is upon my life now. I've entered into a place of rest. You must enter into that place that is Zion. Where the ark of God dwells. Where there is reveling in his majesty. Reveling in the victories of redemption. Where there is no... Let me just read it. It says you must contend for Zion. Never allow the enemy catch you without joy. In this new covenant, Zion is not just the building we go to. Zion is not just a physical location. It is a supernatural atmosphere that you and I can create every time we live a life that focuses on victory through the blood of Jesus, knowing that we are undefeatable and that we have won. And that's our constant rejoicing. We do it with songs of rejoicing. We do it with thanksgiving. We do it with worship, deep worship. Hmm. You must contend for Zion. Never allow the enemy catch you without joy. Never allow the enemy see you with doubt, fear, 
murmuring, heaviness. Heaviness. It doesn't exist in Zion. Hey, but you don't know what just happened? <clears throat> David knew Zion. David knew Zion. When you read his, his prophetic psalms, you will know he knew Zion. He knew Zion. Glory to God. I said glory to God. No fear. No doubt. No unbelief. Constant rejoicing. And number four, if indeed you know the lessons of Zion, you will enter into the Psalms 34 verse 1 covenant. Psalms 34 verse 1 covenant is the covenant of all those that know Zion. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is Zion. This is Zion. This is Zion. You know, I... You go into some meetings, the worship is going on, and you can tell that these people know who they are worshipping. You go into some other meetings... Where's the great man of God? Where's Gibeah? Where's Rama? They don't know Zion has started. Hmm. And I long for that time. That we are people, I'm speaking to us KICC Canada now. And for those who are our friends watching, don't be too cool for Zion. The worship in Zion is exultant. You do it sometimes, you don't even know your clothes are going off like David. Of course, I'm not saying you take off your clothes. I'm saying many of us are so prim and proper, the devil knows we don't know who we are worshipping. He knows. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have to scan deep. He doesn't have to press deep. He knows. It's clear. The whole the disposition, they, they have no clue of redemption. They have no clue. This thing is all mental to them. They have no clue. Looking forward to the time when we'll just be there. In an atmosphere of worship, some will be rolling on the floor. Some are saying, look where he picked me from. <laughs> me, long gone, dead, forgotten. In the, in, in, in the bush with sheep. See what he has made me. You are saying that I will not dance. You are saying you embarrass yourself in front of the, the, the gods that picked me and, and, and chose Zion instead of Gibeah. You have the audacity to say I'm dancing too much. I'm worshipping too much. I'm studying too much. I'm praying too much. You don't know Zion. Right here is where deliverance is. Glory to God. I've made that decision. I don't know about you. This is not a temperament thing. I will bless the Lord at all times. It doesn't matter what the news is. It doesn't matter what the circumstances. The fortress is well built and secured. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than the dwellings of Jacob. He loves the worshippers more than those who are doing religion. He loves it when you understand the victory of redemption. Why are you worrying? Why are you scared? Why are you afraid? Why are you creating an atmosphere for demons with your fear and with your murmurings? This is Zion. This is Zion where we will bless the Lord at all times. As I round up this evening, let me read the rest of the chapter. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises, His worship, thanksgiving will continually be in my mouth. David is saying here, it doesn't matter. My son just died. I will bless the Lord. 
Something just happened. I will bless the Lord. The car is written off. I will bless the Lord. It didn't come true. <laughs> In this kingdom, we live miracles. I will bless the Lord. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5, in Zion, we look to him. We are lightened and our faces never, never, never ashamed. Come on, wherever you are, say, Father, thank you for victory. Thank you for the victory of redemption. Redemption means it is fully paid for. The kingdom is yours now. It means you have been, in, you have been invited in. I can't emphasize this enough. There is a call upon your life. I'm telling you, you will see results with Gibeah. I will lie to you if I tell you, you won't see results. You will see results with Gibeah. You will see results with Rama. I'll be I'll be doing you I'll be doing you a disservice if I say you won't see results there. But I can tell you God's choice for you is Zion, a place where there is constant reveling in the in the beauty of His holiness. Hmm. This is Zion. This is Zion. There is no confusion here. There is no confusion here. There is no confusion here. It says that once upon a time there was no king. This Levite got involved in situations and situationships. But in Zion is beautiful for all situations. It's the joy of the whole earth. This is Zion. This is Zion. This is Zion. There is an invitation. Come on, just say thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for the kingdom restored. Thank you for an invitation to royalty. This is Zion. Glory be unto your name be thou magnified for in Jesus name we have prayed every service we will emphasize this you don't have to stay outside you don't have to live a defeated life someone is listening to me right now you're saying but I know many Christians that are sick I know many Christians their life is not strength to strength I know many Christians they are even more afraid than me I'm telling you I'm not inviting you to many Christians I'm inviting you to Christ inviting you to this place called Zion to this place called Zion. To this place where we lay hold on the fullness of redemption that you can know he fully paid. Glory to God. He fully paid. It makes you brand new. It doesn't bring you into his kingdom and puts a tag never to be employed. Ex-convict. He doesn't do that. He calls you a part of his royal family with all the rights and privileges of El Elyon. God most high. Glory to God. If you're under the sound of my voice and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. Please say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for delivering me from death. Thank you because you rose again on the third day. I know and believe and with my mouth confess that you are alive. Come live in me and I receive the grace to live for you. Thank you for paying in full all my debts. Thank you because I am now free to be a part of your kingdom. I give you the glory. 
for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Wow, such a short, powerful prayer. It is more, see, that prayer is more powerful than a citizenship oath swearing ceremony. Congratulations, you are now a part of God's royal family. I want to pray with each and every one of us at the altar this evening. I want to pray with everyone. Zion is worth contending for. That is the realm of glory. That is the beauty of his holiness. That is the realm where we go from strength to strength where none is sick. That is where you be, you you now become a reckless worshiper. You are no longer prim and proper. You are loud and exultant. You are you are, you now know and it see there is a signature. There is a registration in the realm of the spirit. These ones now know Zion. We are not quiet in Zion. The, the ark dwells here. God is established here. It is very easy. I'm not saying you should form it. I'm saying when you get to a place where Zion is known, there is exultant worship. And I'm praying for everyone under the sound of my voice. Every weight, physical, emotional, spiritual, that has kept you everywhere but in Zion. Unable to worship. Unable to appreciate the throne and to see the king that is deserving that makes us see the quality of our clothes and our jewelries as superior to life in the kingdom, hmm. that you will make us Zion dwellers. You will make us Zion dwellers, ex exultant worshippers, worshipping you in the beauty of holiness, recognizing the integrity of your throne and our responsibilities in this kingdom that indeed as it is said of zion in the law and as it is said of zion in our lives that we are that prophetic church we are the ones reveling 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 in the beauties of redemption knowing that we cannot be sick we cannot be held captive we cannot be weak none is feeble amongst us none says i am sick amongst us we go from strength to strength from glory to glory in the name of jesus for anyone under the sound of my voice who is being dared by the stranger, who is being dared, he say, no one can come here. This is a fortress. No one can come here. This is a fortress. Well, we come bearing good news, but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is not no one can come here. This is saying to you that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You strangers at the sound of my voice, you've got to flee. Therefore, everyone under the sound of my voice, under any form of affliction or captivity, by the authority in the name of Jesus, we command the chains to break we command the bonds to loose and we command that you are free in the name of Jesus the makings of a true worshipper we don't just want to dance like David David didn't even see redemption he saw it by prophecy we experienced it in reality and we, don't, we, we can't even dance the worship is going, I lift my hands and the hands are very down. Father, we receive your mercy. Help us to be Zion dwellers. Help us to worship you in the way that pleases you. Let Jesus alone be glorified for in Jesus' name we are praying. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon and if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, 
You can give her email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.